It's Window Nation's semi-annual sale, and it's a big deal. Right now, get 50% off all windows along with no interest for five years plus bonus savings when you schedule a consult today. If your windows leak, get foggy or hot, or you're paying high utility bills, that's a big deal. With Window Nation's semi-annual sale, you can replace your windows and save a big deal, too. Schedule a no-obligation in-home estimate now. Call 866-90-NATION or visit windownation.com. It's the most anticipated WNBA season in history. And you know what that means. Court is back in session. Welcome to Queens of the Court, an Odyssey original podcast. I'm your girl, Cheryl Swoop, And I'm Jordan Robinson. All WNBA season long, we'll be bringing you interviews with star athletes, analysis on your favorite teams, and lots of hot takes. Order, order in the court. Follow and listen to Queens of the Court on the free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to another edition of the Go Birds podcast, a victory edition of the Go Birds pod, coming off the Eagles' 25-11 win over the Tampa Bay Buccaneers on Monday night. I'm, of course, Elliot Shore Parks, still in Scotland, still enjoying uh, my time off. Shout out to Harry and Katie for the lovely wedding here. Shout out to the Mumpert, the Mopperts. It was certainly a, uh, a great time, but was even more enjoyable, as I'm sure you guys can agree was watching Eagles football. It had been 11 days since they last played. A long 11 days, as fun as it was to get those two games in five days to start the season, felt like a long layoff. But it was fun to see him back, fun to see him back on the field. And fair fans, frankly, it should have been fun to see a team that looked better, I think, with each week. They looked better in week two than they did in week one. And I thought last night they looked better than they did against the Minnesota Vikings. And for me, that's what it was really about. Going into the game, I wanted to see this team come out and play better on offense, pass the ball better on offense than they had in the previous two games. The defense had been decent in the first two games, issues in the secondary. The offense, we saw they could run the ball in the first two games. But for me, this was about taking those 11 days in between the games and showing that there was improvement, both from a coaching perspective and from a passing from passing the ball perspective. And I think both those things happened in the win over the Buccaneers. So we're going to get into that. We're going to get into the passing game, A.J. Brown, the defense, Jalen Hurts. But I want to start with this. From 2018 to 2021, from a year after the Super Bowl to the year where Doug and Carson left, I remember at one point I was doing an interview with uh, then Angelo Cataldi on The Morning Show. And he was saying to me, I believe this was before their game against Detroit at home. It was the one where Darius Slay had the interception or pick six, uh, returned it for a touchdown or or it was a long return down the field. And he was like, Elliot, do you think the Eagles are going to win this game? And I said, I have no idea because this team does not win. They are not consistent. They don't string together victories. They don't build upon wins. They don't get better from week one to week two from week three. And you saw that from 2018 to 2021. And it's why they can, they were inconsistent. Nine and seven, seven and nine in the playoffs, but on the road, lucky to win in the playoffs. And I looked at it and from 2018 to the end of the 2021 season, the Eagles didn't win more than two consecutive games. They only did it three times. So in 
2018, 2019, 2020, and then if you include 2021, the year with Sirianni and Hurts, from those four in those four seasons, they won more than two games only three times. So they never strung together victories. It was always win, loss, win, loss, win, win, loss, 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 win, loss. They never were able to build momentum. They were never able to get things going. And last year, at the beginning of the season, we saw they start 8-0. They have the confidence about themselves. They have that swagger every time they go on the field because they win. And they walk into every stadium knowing they can win. And since the 2022 season began, since Sirianni and Jalen last year, their second year together, they have not lost consecutive games with Sirianni and Hurts. I'll repeat that. They have not lost consecutive games with Sirianni and Hurts since the beginning of the 2022 season. So they go from being a team from 2018 to the end of 2021 that couldn't even string together three wins, let alone avoid double the losses back to back. They couldn't put together a month straight of solid football, inconsistency at quarterback, head coach, coaching issues. They could not do it. But since 2022, they have not lost consecutive games with Sirianni and Hurts. And if you look back at their last 25 games, so last 25 regular season games, and I'm pretty sure it's the same if you include the playoffs, but the last 25 regular season games, this team is 23-2 and with Sirianni and Jalen as their head coach quarterback. It's unbelievable. I think that, you know, we focus so much on the Super Bowl, and with, and with good reason, right? They, they didn't win the game. They had the lead. But let's just, let's go down the road everybody would want to be in. The, the road where they win that game. They don't blow the 10-point lead. We are talking about Sirianni and Hurts as one of the most dominant head coach quarterback duos we have ever seen in the last 30 years. I don't know, I'm sure back when, back way back in the day, there were quarterback head coaches that won this much when there were like six teams and only 10 good players. But in the modern NFL, Nobody goes 23-2 and two with the Super Bowl, or I guess it would have been 24-1 and one, uh, with the Super Bowl in their last 25 games. Like, to do what they are doing, to consistently win every single week, it is a stretch of dominance we have not seen in the NFL or with the Eagles, in maybe forever with the Eagles, and for a very long time with the NFL. And not only are they winning these games, they're dominating these games. Look at last night. Beginning of the game, no one's feeling great about it. They come out, they're going down the field. They actually look good to start the game, but they have turnovers in the red zone. They kick field goals. The game feels like it should be closer than it is. The game feels like it's closer than it should be, but they still build a 10 point lead. And in these 25 regular season games where they're 23 and two, they've had a 10 point lead in 20 of those games. So again, going from a team that in 2018 to 2021, could not even string together three wins. They are now 23-2, and two, and they consistently just blow teams out. 25-11 to 11 win Monday Night Football doesn't even feel like an impressive victory. Doesn't even feel like it. Again, this is, it is the Philadelphia Crimson Tide. It's the Alabama Eagles. This is a team that it does not matter in a way about the final score anymore. When the game is over, you know they're going to win. It's just a matter of how they played. And I think that while we'll get into the specifics and this, and it's important to note how they're playing because it does matter. Much like when Alabama goes 13 and one, but you go, well, they didn't really play anybody, and they, you know, they had that bad loss, and they don't look like they can beat Ohio State, or it doesn't look like they can beat Georgia. I understand the need to look at this and go, how are they playing overall? But we shouldn't mask the fact or override the fact that this head coach quarterback duo is doing something we have not seen in the NFL for a really long time and something that had, was not happening in Philadelphia 
since the early 2000s, but even then, not really. Like to go 8-0 last year, 3-0 last year, uh, this year, to just consistently win, it is truly unbelievable. It really is. Since I started covering this team in 2010, you figure 2010-ish is when I started. 2010, 2011, 12 is kind of where I feel like I, I started covering the team. Barely making the playoffs those early two thousand those early part of the 2010s. Maybe get in Michael Vick year. Then, of course, on 2015, 2016, they, they put the or 2015. 2016, 2017, they start to put things together, win the Super Bowl in 2017, but then another stretch of just not consistent winning. There was a long time where Sundays were not fun for fans. They weren't fun. They would talk themselves in the game into the team throughout the week. The, the game would kick off on Sunday, and you remember this team had serious problems. Now, this team just always wins. Sunday, Thursday, Monday, home, away, rain, hot outside, bad team, good team, whatever the circumstance, this team wins. And that's, that's how I wanted to start this pod because as I was sitting here in Scotland, 1 a.m. watching the game, and shout out to the international fans, it is not easy to watch these games at night. I was very excited for it and it was easy to stay up for because I was excited to see the game. But it is wild these games are on in the dead of night uh, here overseas. Regardless, when I was watching the game, like they go up 10 and you know it's over. Like I was, I was struggling to stay awake because there was no way they were going to lose that game. And the final nine minutes showed how they just crushed the team, the, crushed the souls of other teams. Nine and a half minutes ago, they get the ball. In my head, I'm like, all right, kill six, seven minutes here, kick the ball back like you're fine. They just, they just end the game. They just end it. They just kill the last nine and a half minutes of the game. And at the end... Tampa didn't even call their timeouts. At the end of the game, Tampa just let the clock burn because they knew it was over. They knew they weren't going to stop them. And they knew the offensive line was not going to let them make a play on defense. So that is my overall takeaway from the big win. It is this team not only wins, they dominate teams and they crush their soul. This is a level of dominance we have not seen in Eagles football for a really long time, maybe ever. And I don't know when we'll see it again when Sirianni and Jalen are gone. Hey everyone, this is Brett Boone. Would you know it? I've got a podcast going strong in our fourth year. Tune in as I sit down with my friends, some of the biggest names in sports, media, entertainment, for a lot of fun and in-depth conversations. As you know, baseball's been my life. It's been in the family for a long time, but it's a lot more than that here. It's sort of like taking a ride in a golf cart around a beautiful track. Join me every week for multiple episodes on the Brett Boone Podcast, available on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Now, when we talk about the win-loss record, we talk a lot about Sirianni and Jalen, rightfully so. They, they have the record on their pro football reference page. We talk about quarterbacks and head coaches when it comes to wins. We also talk about, talk about GMs that way. And I think Howie Roseman also deserves to be a part of this uh, equation. The reason this team is able to dominate the way they ha- are is because of quarterback playing head coach for sure. But the trenches. This team went against a Tampa Bay team that was pretty good. Like a Tampa Bay, a Tampa Bay team that in the, in the interior was pretty good. The first two weeks they were pretty good. They have good edge rushers. They have a great left tackle. And they just dominated the trenches. Like the Eagles defensive line is easily the best unit on the team. And that's really saying something when you think about the receivers they have. Think about the two uh, starting, uh, the starting offensive linemen they have. This is a team that still goes out on the defensive side of the ball and just absolutely demolishes other teams. And you saw that last night. Once again, Jalen Carter was unbelievable. For him to already be a player that going into games in his third year, you know is going to be a difference maker, like, 
it's almost the best compliment you could give a rookie. Going into the game, the Tampa Bay offensive line, you knew that they were going to have issues on the interior of that line, and you knew Jalen Carter would be able to take advantage of it. And of course, once again, he did five quarterback pressures. He comes, he punches the ball out, he forces a fumble, and it, he was just part of a larger performance from the defensive line that was awesome. Jordan Davis was awesome. The, the defense, they only allowed 41 rushing yards against the Bucks. This is the first time the Eagles have posted consecutive performance allowing less than 45 yards since 1994. So almost 30 years. And that's where they really ran the ball. Like, that's like, you know, it's, I mean, I guess the Eagles run the ball a ton, which my heart will have to uh, start to accept. But less than 41 yards in consecutive games for the first time in almost 30 years. This defensive line, and when the Buccaneers had the ball on the two-yard line, I think it was either two or the one-yard line, First play, they just dominate and they go and get a safety. And you knew it was going to happen. I was sitting there watching the game going, the Buccaneers have no shot of getting this ball out of the end zone. The defensive line creates a hole. Moreau gets through, makes the tackle. Like it took 10 seconds. The Bucs got the ball on the two-yard line. Next thing you know, boom, safety. The defensive line is dominating. So the defensive line and the depth that they have, Marlon Tuopolotu gets a sack. Jordan Davis played awesome. Uh, you know, like that Rasan Reddick has not really started off yet, but they got consistent pressure on the quarterback, on Baker Mayfield. Howie Roseman deserves credit for that, as does Tracy Rocker. Uh, earlier this week, I said, I don't know if he's in the Jeff Stoutland category yet. Stoutland's obviously done it for a much longer time in the NFL. But man, the job Tracy Rocker does, the defensive line coach, to get that line playing consistently, I think is extremely impressive. So the defense plays awesome. They dominate the Bucs, only 11 points. It was a great performance from the defense. Now let's talk about Jalen Hurts. So I thought the passing game to start the game looked better than it did for sure last week in the, the uh, first two weeks. But I do think that overall, it was a step in the right direction for the passing game. 277 yards for Jalen, 37 attempts. So from 23 attempts in week one to 37 uh, last night. 33 attempts in his second game, so they're, they're slowly starting to throw the ball more and more. But on the 33 attempts in week one, he only had 170 yards. On the 37 attempts last night, 277 yards. So he goes from week one to week three. His yards per attempt go from 5.1 in week one to 7.4 last night. And I thought last night, early on, you could really see the difference in the passing game. They looked explosive. I was texting my friends and saying, does this team just look way faster than they have in the past? I thought just the, the speed of everything. Like Swift obviously was awesome. We'll get in him in a second. AJ looked great. But I thought Jalen looked really good passing the ball early on. They were moving down the field. But as you know, with me and quarterbacks, if you are a franchise guy, if you are a top five guy, I value wins. And obviously that's why Jalen is a top three guy, top five guy still. But turnovers, the turnovers are becoming a problem for Jalen Hurts. He now has four on the season, five in his last four games if you go back to the Super Bowl. And they're just turnovers you don't see from him. And you didn't see from him last year. They're not hurting the Eagles yet because they're still winning these games. And as I said, they're so good, they're able to just start and dominate. But the miscommunication with Swift, that's probably on Swift or Jalen either way. Not a bad decision, more of a miscommunication. But again, like you don't just see him throw the ball right to opposing defenders. The interception um, along the sideline deep to Devontae. Double coverage, great play by the guy. I guess really not double coverage. The guy came over and, ma and made a play. Good play by the guy, but two interceptions in the game. Not something you see from Jalen. So the turnovers are becoming a problem. I give him a C, C plus for the performance. And again, like 
you have to dock him for the turnovers. Anytime your quarterback has two interceptions, that's a major problem. So two, two interceptions for Jalen is not good, but I thought he made some good plays. Obviously, the touchdown to Olamide Zacchaeus, great play by him, sits in the pocket, feels the pressure, uh, still takes a, takes a hit as he throws it, good throw right over the defender's hand, looked like it was a bit of a scramble drill. That's a super impressive $250 million franchise quarterback play. Um, he had some other nice throws as well that stood out. But overall, positive step in the right direction for Jalen in the passing game. Like I said, I'm heavily dinging him because, because of the turnovers. But outside of that, if you, if you are willing to look past the turnovers and just on a larger scale, goes in, wins the game, moves the ball, probably could have scored more points if they wanted to. The red zone's still, still a problem. But Jalen, overall, still a pretty good performance. A.J. Brown, um, 14 targets, got the first two targets of the game, 131 yards. Certainly no sideline antics this time. Uh, I think it's, it's clear they came in trying to get him the ball, and I'm okay with that. Like They need to get A.J. Brown the ball. He's great in the passing game. He is why they are a great passing team. So go out and give him the ball, and that's what they did tonight. They took advantage of a bad Tampa Bay secondary, no Carlton Davis out there, so they were really able to, to jump all over the secondary. And you saw that when Jalen and, and A.J. are cooking, and they were last night, they're a hard team to stop through the air. So... I'm always only going to feel as good about this team as the passing game. And so for them to go out and pass the ball the way they did to have A.J. Brown and Jalen show signs of life, yeah, like I think you leave that game encouraged by where the passing game is going. And I think week over week you're seeing improvement. The last thing I want to get into is DeAndre Swift. I mean, it sounds like a broken record at this point. He's obviously the best running back they have. The difference when he has the ball, like you don't even have to see the numbers of the jersey. Like I think about this in training camp sometimes where I'm watching a play and it's a running, it's a running play. It's tough to see the jersey initially, so you're not really sure who it is. But with some guys, you just know. Like, oh, that guy's running like that? Like that's DeAndre Swift. That guy's running like that? Yeah, that's Kenny Gainwell. And the difference between the two, Swift out of the backfield is incredibly explosive. Kenny Gainwell just isn't. He's like he's he's a nice running back. He is not special. And sorry, testing. Sorry, got cut off there. But Kenny Gainwell is a nice running back. He is not a special running back. DeAndre Swift has special potential as a running back. Once again, over 130 yards. He just the holes were big, and give the offensive line credit for that. But he turns, you know. He turns those holes into big gains, and I think he's intimidating. Like I think for opposing defenses, you see that guy in the open field, and you're like, "Yikes!" Like this is not going to be easy to bring down. I don't think people are intimidated, but in the running game by Kenny Gainwell. So obviously, Swift should be the number one back. I do wonder if they're trying to limit his touches a little bit just to keep him fresh throughout the year. And I'm okay with that. If you're up 14 points, there's no reason to go get his body beat up. That's why you have multiple running backs. That's why you have guys like Kenny Gainwell that you trust with ball security and just to, to carry the ball. But Swift is obviously the best running back. He obviously needs to be on the field when, when games are closed. And when the Eagles need to run the ball, they need to give the ball to DeAndre Swift. One final thought on the running game, like I'll accept it. I know they're a running team, but it is just crazy to think one of those dominant stretches we've seen. And it's because of the passing game too, is they just like, they're an awesome running team. The offensive line is great at, at, at run blocking. And they just crushed souls. So like I said at the beginning, from a team that for a lot of years couldn't string together wins to 23-2 and in their last 25 regular season games, 10-plus point lead in 20 of those games. Like, 
it's just casual. It's it's like no big deal to them, right? Like everyone gets to enjoy a Sunday and Monday and go about their week and just get ready to see how many style points they can rack up next week because ultimately you know they're going to come away with a win. I picked them to lose to the Vikings. I picked them to beat the Bucks. It'll be a long time till I pick this team to lose again because they deserve it. And anytime they lose now, it's going to be a major story because they're simply not a team that loses. So with that, I will wrap it up. I do want to note at this point, um, if you're still listening, shout out, real one auto download or all those things. Being away and being on the road and like away from Philadelphia, it does really make me appreciate just how special of a sports town Philly is and how much I appreciate and love all you guys for listening to the pod. I'm having a great time. It's important to take time away. I'm having a great time with my wife. It was an awesome wedding. Um, shout out to Katie and Harry. But man, like the Go Birds pod, the Go Birds community, like what I get to do for a living, it's special because because of you guys. And you really feel that when you're on the road. So excited to you know do another pod with James. The parlay hit, by the way, shout out. But just wanted to end it by saying what makes this run so special is also you guys. And it's fun each week to get to record a pod, talk about a win, and uh, talk with you guys. So until later in the week, um, as we always do say, go Birds. He's James. I'm Elliot. And I'll talk to you guys later.